just run we should wait for 5 to 10 minutes so that people can join right otherwise you know this we can have you guys introduction you know you can start yeah. share tell us something yeah. so before we uh, start with andrai hi guys yeah. so welcome back again to this very first episode of let's talk and you know i'm really excited to get started with the episode and today's topic is uh, you know artificial intelligence and its impact in industry so i have two of my guests my friends uh, who have recently completed their masters in ireland so let's get to them and let's uh, hear about their experience so let's start with rohit hey rohit yeah Hi Ankit. First of all, thank you for inviting me in your uh, YouTube uh, live series in this artificial intelligence. And I think it is a very good initiative taken by you, so that the world can know that how this thing is improving every day, and we as humans are using artificial intelligence in every part of our lives today. So I would like to introduce to all of you myself. My name is Rohit Sharan. I completed yeah. my master's in artificial intelligence from Ireland this year, and I have got an your, offer from a startup uh, YouTube, for working uh, like, in recommendation systems. And I'll go back to Ireland like next year. So uh, in the meantime, I was here, and my friend Ankit here told me to you know make people aware about how this industry works, how how it is being used in the industry, whether it is good to do a master's degree in artificial intelligence. or do several courses that are available on the internet for the same thing so that is a brief introduction about myself and i think now nikita can introduce herself yeah thanks ankit for having us so uh, it it's it's good that you have started a C- youtube series and uh, let's talk so yeah today we'll be giving a gist about ai and how ai is being used in industries and stuff as already rohit has elaborated so i don't want to repeat the same thing again so yeah i have 4 years of industrial experience with cognizant and after that i did my masters in ireland from cit and then uh, now i work for uh, clearstream and mnc uh, as a data warehouse engineer which is big data stuff so i think i can give examples of you know real time industry based things and we can have how uh, real time industry is being using the ai and stuff examples for that yeah so thanks for inviting us once again yeah that's great so you know uh, so let's we can start with you know the questions but you know before uh, we start with the questions let's have a small you know uh, a small intro about artificial intelligence so like you know we all know that ai is something that's uh, you know is considered to be a future but i feel it's already here so you know it's very important for all of us to get an idea about you know, AI like what actually people in industry do with AI what AI means to them so you know with that uh, I fire my first question at them so so that you can get a deeper insight so the first question says uh, yeah what industry expects from an AI role like I'm a designer or a data scientist or a business analyst so we are trying to say that you know if you are in industry or if you are a company in industry okay so what do you expect from an ai engineer like you know if you hire someone as a role for an ai or a data scientist so what exactly do you expect out of him what kind of work he has to do for you so anyone of you can you know just give us an idea inside out yeah first nikita can you elaborate on the answer then i will give you my share my views on the same yeah sure sure rohit yeah so yeah basically like what industry actually expects is that you know we actually have many packages for machine learning in the in nowadays like you have everything in python 
So it's nothing new, you know, that you're going to start again doing the same algorithm and stuff. I don't think so. That would be, you know, more time consuming rather than, you know, starting it from scratch. You can use the library. So what the industry will see from the candidate they are going to, you know, take in is that how the person is analyzing the data, how his research point is towards the data. And if I give him some data, will I be getting some meaningful insights out of it? So these kind of, you know, uh, data-oriented questions will be the main target by the industry rather than asking you to just go away and straight away code it. So just see, you know, how logical you are thinking about the data and how well you can do a research on that. Because, you know, uh, every time the machine learning model is not going to be successful as far as all of us know that, right? So it is, it is going to be successful on few models and it, it actually depends upon how the data is being analyzed. So I think, you know, that research mindset should be there towards the data when you are going to start with that. So, yeah, so as Nikita rightly said, right, that uh, what industry expects from a machine learning engineer. So I would like to just add on this that machine learning engineer is not a person who is going to work a lot with the data, but he is going to work with the models that are already built. And I asked this specific question to my the person who was taking my interview during my startup interview. So what they asked me was, can you build some algorithm that we have given you? So I said, do I have to build that with scratch? So what they said was, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It is already built. We don't have to waste time on that. We are not researching on a field. We are applying the same thing that has already been built. So this is the thing that the industry ex expects. And what what they usually ask, what people have a myth about uh, machine learning interviews and data science interviews is that they are, what they are going to say is, please write 10 lines of code that will do that. They don't ask that specifically abroad they do not ask that maybe the things would be different in india but in abroad what they expect is they will give you real scenarios on how you can use machine learning to improve the efficiency or the business model that they are building so what my company does is it it uh, builds uh, recommendation systems for third party users for example a small business that is uh, selling something they build recommendation systems for that that is a very normal thing to do but what what they expect is that how will you increase the revenue so for this, you, you don't have to answer in terms of technicality. You have to just think logically that what can you do? What else you can recommend? As you get recommendations in Amazon, the what else you can recommend? So they expect these kind of questions to, we should expect these are kind of questions that will be asked us in the interview and from a machine learning engineer. They are not going to sit and see that each line of code what you have written, which is exactly opposite to a software developer. If a person is going for a Java developer position or maybe a full stack developer, so they will expect that you can build a standalone application on your own. As this machine learning field is like five, before 10 years, right? Nobody knew that people are going to work in this field. Now, suddenly in four or five years, people are going around that what is machine learning, what is artificial intelligence. So why it has come to the existence now is that People have realized the power of machine learning and artificial intelligence. So as soon as they have, uh, you know, uh, understood the power of that, they do not expect you to understand the, uh, understand, you know, everything in that because it's still a research topic. But what changes you have to make in the existing algorithm, they surely expect that from you. I think that answers your question, Ankit. Yeah, very well. That, that does answer that question. But uh, again, uh, from the 
comes back to the answer, I have a question that, let's say that there's a, you know, pressure, like you guys, you know, competed a master's and went for a job, right? So, uh, like when you land in the industry very first time, right? So what are the expectations, like, you know, what they actually expect or like, you know, we can do some kind of preparation before, you know, we uh, join the workforce. So any, any suggestion on that, like what exactly what yeah. would expect as they get into the yeah. industry? yeah so what i would like to answer for this question is it depends on what kind of a background you have if you have a background in for example commerce or for example in finance or maybe mechanical and you have learned some data science concepts so they are going to ask you some scenarios based on that specific industry they are not going to ask you some weird industry concepts that you might not be aware of but they'll surely expect that what how you can apply that uh, machine learning to your specific industry and to be frank it is after a person has completed his education it is directly very difficult to get into this industry because if you go to job posts and you see what they expect is they want two three years experience in this specific field specific not not experience a software developer then you are going to a machine learning role you will still be considered a pressure so they expect that you have knowledge of how this can be used in your domain and obviously the algorithms that you have studied you should have in-depth knowledge of that i think nikita would also like to add some more things to this yeah i i would say right uh, the reason behind what rohit has just listed stating that you know the software development role if you have experience in that also they they think twice to take you in this is because right you need to have a domain knowledge first of all like for example if you're going into an industry of uh, banking or insurance without knowing a domain knowledge you will not understand what kind of data that is giving for you given for you for analysis so if you are into that specific domain and if you have already been you know doing something with the data that it will be easy for them to make you understand what they need and how the search can be made out of it so that is the main reason you know like they are worried to take a fresher into the domain so i would say like if the fresher wants to go into that specific you know uh, opportunities i would say them to have done few projects using the kegel which is already there for data sets do those kind of pro projects have them in github have them you know if you can publish it do that these all kind of actions will you know help them help their profile to be highlighted so i could not i would not say it is not it is impossible to do that because rohit is also a fresher who has got into you know that domain so these kind of ways of portraying yourself you are actually selling yourself to the interviewer so that is the way of selling yourself you know to get qualified in that interview so like we are expecting some kind of uh, work experience right like at least in the form of project or something like yeah. that that's what for pressures for yeah. pressures it is it is only based on projects because you can't do anything else but for experienced professionals right for example you are working in tcs right so if you get into a project into tcs that is doing machine learning then you have a solid experience of industrial experience in machine learning but for a pressure you can only have projects at your you know aid also one more thing here is that everybody has made projects so how will the candidate will be differentiated from others so what we can do here is you can make different projects and you know try and deploy them using sub technology maybe microsoft azure or you know flask django that is just an additional skill that might or might not work but it just shows an intent that you are going to work hard in this field it is only about showing what you can do what you will do that only depends on which company you go what you work around that yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so just in, you have to show some intent that okay you have some interest so what you have done with that interest so you have to do something right mm-hmm. and so many people are learning machine learning like machine learning deep learning how will you be get how will you get differentiated so you have to do something other than uh, what people are doing so what worked for me was i did unpaid internships in uk while i was in ireland right so i did an unpaid internship in uk people don't understand that in unpaid internships you don't get money right but you get same industry experience that professionals are getting who are getting paid so for freshers it is a very good opportunity to gain experience using an unpaid internship because if they are not going to trust you they'll only they, the people can only trust you once they see you working so this advice i would like to give to people that you should start with an internship maybe paid unpaid and then get into this field because i have seen people who have 5 years of software development experience then they are also going for internships in ai right, right. so like some kind of work experiences you know yeah, yeah. Where, how you can get yeah. like a project or internship yeah. okay yeah. so let's get yeah. to the yeah. next question uh, so the next question that we have that you know five years from now what do you expect new opportunities can be with ai like you know today we know what ai is doing it's like in you know making productions making your things optimized that's what kind of work we are generally seeing like self driving cars or something but what do you think like five years from now what will be AI? what will expect from ai like you know if someone is just getting into college and want to get into this domain so he can start study right now and prepare him or herself for Or next five years, they'll be joining the workforce. So, what is your insight? What we can expect? Yeah, Nikita, you want to answer that first? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. So, five years from now, I would not say. You know, I I would not determine the time period because I would just say like what kind of technologies would be you know coming forward. So, we have nanotechnology, which is you know being they are being trying to implement nanotechnologies in nanotechnology i just give you a gist of it yeah, it's like, like, like just uh, you know, you know on, on the perspective of ai, AI itself like, like what do you expect ai, AI will be in the next five like yeah 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 so nanotechnologies is nothing but they what are they going to do with medical uh, medical field is that you have the ai technology that will be implemented into a nanobots so that is why it is called nanotechnology so these bots are being designed in such a way that it goes into the internal organs of people and based upon you know what what kind of problem they have the doctors are trying to you know send the bot inside because if if you have some some vein issues or something right so it is not possible for us to without cutting it and you know going inside and doing things so b- without a scar like how we have laser laser treatment now b- b- like compared to the surgeries earlier so that's that's how you know nanotechnology is they are they are trying to do it but Uh, our body is uh, like it. It doesn't take you know anti anti uh, antibodies into your body until unless it is something that has to be taken by the body. So they're trying to co or coat over using you know the antibiotic pills or something or coat it as a capsule and send it into your body. So this will be one kind of technology that you might be you know seeing it in the long run. And the other one I would like to add is that. we would have seen a video that was being released by uh, microsoft which is ai with hologram so holography so holography is something which is you know recording the light and you you have that virtual presence at that point of time so that technology is are being you know imp- try they are trying to implement those kind of technologies as well so that you virtually are present there and this corona times you know how virtual we are all <laughs>
so virtually you are going to be present there and you can translate into any language that you want even after you not knowing that language so here we are using nlp which is natural language programming and this is also one of the booms that you could see in you know coming years okay so yeah. Uh, any suggestions yeah. Yeah. yeah so i would like to add here right that uh, before you know this covid struck the world everybody was thinking that machine learning is you know uh, it's just improvising and giving you profits but after covid struck now there have been a lot of predictions on covid and i can quote an example of a tool called blue dot that predicted covid before it started that was a canadian startup that did that so Uh, they predicted the outbreak before it could happen using social media feeds and satellite feeds and a lot of things okay so if you know if this was the reality and this was this had been developed 5 years before then you would have asked me what we can do 5 years ahead right so now i would like to tell you that 5 years ahead this should be implemented in the healthcare industry so that nothing like this can you know ruin the world and machines have the intelligence to predict a lot of things so why not in healthcare industry as of now it is being implemented in healthcare industry a lot but not at full scale so it, in the healthcare industry in the future it will be a big big boon to everybody and it will help to save people's lives a lot and some things like you know drug prediction what are the compositions of a drug how, how an outbreak is going to be saved what drug should be given for a particular outbreak so this the machine can do very well but nobody understood that before and now after 5 years i think now people are going to understand that and the future of ai is going to be in the healthcare industry and it has already taken over the retail industry so i am not going to talk about that but the healthcare industry is still developing using ai so i think in the future as your question is asked now that after 5 years it will be helpful in the healthcare industry a lot than it is being presently used Okay, awesome. Like I also happen to work on a similar project. Uh, what we are trying to do is, you know, uh, track your COVID data along with other kind of comorbidities, and we are trying to make similar production, like you know that uh, how the COVID behaves in future, and accordingly, you know how we can distribute vaccines efficiently to somehow prevent it. That is also a project I'm also working on. But yeah, as you're saying, definitely I feel these things can be the future. So. Yeah, so you think if you would have done this five years ago, right? You would have saved the world. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, even the yeah. plan of action for today, what we are doing also. Like I have, you know, even uh, like there are many, like there are even PhDs working with me for this thing. So we are thinking this only that you know today it's COVID and it's over. But you know, in future definitely something like this will come. We all know that. So yeah. no, yeah. today we can develop it, and next time it can help us. You know, yeah. Yeah, and and you think in next five years, five years is a long time, Ankit, right? Five years is a long time. People can gain a PhD degree till then. So if if you start working on something now, you can definitely bring a change to the world in the next five years. Hmm, definitely. So um, that's definitely uh, you know what we can expect from AI in next five years. And so let's go to our next question. Um, that yeah. says, yeah, you don't have a. You don't have a rapid fire round, right? In the end, <laughs> we'll definitely yeah, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. Here we go. 
is it important to go for masters from an industry standpoint and learning standpoint so what we are trying to ask is that you know, if i want to do masters right so should i go for it there's there are two standpoints from which i'm asking first is from you know from a standpoint okay we have someone so yeah, yeah uh, like, like the first standpoint is that you know, know uh, like I want, I want to learn on AI. AI. I want, I want to you know <laughs> in, increase my knowledge and want to do things. So should I do masters? That is one standpoint on the point of learning. The other one is as a perspective of you know industry getting into job etc. So like you can go one by one. First is for job should I do a master? Will it help me? And second is if my motive is just to learn things, I don't care about job, but you know I want to learn things. That's the idea. So what do you so, Nikita, I would like to answer this first or the first part only, not the job part, the learning part, right? Okay, so I would like to answer this because the job part is a very debatable topic. So <laughs> we'll take that later. Yeah, so okay, the okay. first thing is the learning point. So what happens is when you go online, right, on any course, on any website. So what I have seen is they teach you things, but they teach you things not in the manner they should. So what they do is they put some algorithms they put some methods just like randomly and they think that they have taught you machine learning so what i felt in the master's course was that way they taught specifically machine learning and deep learning specifically deep learning and machine learning what we were taught in the masters was was a step because you have to have some structure to the course right you cannot do like uh, today i want that i should build this algorithm tomorrow i'll think that we should build this algorithm you can't do that so the thing is what you have what we are taught in masters in any college in abroad for example i can say because i have not studied masters masters in india so in abroad what they do is they have a very good they have researched this field very much and now they think that how you should you should have some structure to this so the basic structure they teach you that this step has to go first the second step has to go like this otherwise it's no point learning deep learning or machine learning so this is the very very good point that I saw in the course curriculum in masters specifically abroad and I can talk about Ireland not any other country because I have done masters from Ireland so and the, the first thing is this the structure is very good after that you have a good knowledge of what to do first what to do next and in an interview you know they will ask you this that uh, what is the step that you are going to take first so if you have learned things randomly right you will say I'll use this I'll use that then in the end they'll say you skip the first thing that you had to do you know first for example you didn't check the data already you are saying that you will use this algorithm so they don't want that they want to have a step-by-step -step process so this they give in masters a lot this training and the second thing is the practical approach I have seen a lot of people coming to me and asking you know that they want to learn uh, this AI and machine learning or deep learning but they do not know how to code right so they have learned the concepts in mathematics and statistics but they don't have any idea about coding so what is the use of a machine learning engineer in this world who can use all the statistics that could have been used in 1950s as well so what is the point now doing this is that you can code those things in python or in any other language so what they teach in masters is coding from scratch and that too they give heavy projects so that you can learn coding yeah, but, uh, all yeah but i'll interrupt i have uh, yeah, on yeah. your point like yeah. coding right but uh, if you are familiar with azure and gcp you know these new technologies they are making machine learning codeless or no code experience like what they say you can directly drag and drop the modules connected and make your model work 
so you don't require coding there so in that scenario those can yeah i got that i got that what you are saying is very good this this point i wanted to take up you are saying that microsoft azure aws all of these are making this code codeless right? Right, right, yeah. now 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 consider that for example i am working in a startup that doesn't have the fund to take aws and machine, microsoft azure they cannot afford that cloud storage okay i have been in a startup that didn't have that fund right now what should we do i am a machine learning engineer i don't know how to code my startup doesn't buy microsoft azure where will i go then so in this scenario you will have to code in python in normal editors and then deploy it using some tool that is free of cost so at this point you should know how to do this if you are unaware of that then your degree is kind of useless right so this is the point they teach in masters and i am not saying that they will teach you everything it domain in it domain you have to learn continuously it's not the and it's always a research topic in ml so today what i have learned might be outdated tomorrow only exactly. so this is the difference i have seen in masters rather than doing some online courses you have done yourself a lot of online courses right exactly. so you can i think relate to what i'm saying and i think nikita can elaborate on this all of these things yeah so my point here is like right if you're doing a masters you have a structured way as rohit said first point but if you are only focused on studies and you are not you know uh, volunteering for uh, some internships or you know the company oriented industry oriented things or stuff so you are not having an exposure as such and you are not making use of the college facilities that is being given so if you are not doing that then i would say you can rather go do an online course which is cheaper because you are not using making use of all those facilities that are actually given to you for for the fees that you pay because see in abroad right it is based upon networking which which networking i i mean is that connecting with the people who are in the recruiting recruitment uh, cadre and so you need to have some connection with them so how do you make connections with them you can't go say hi i want a job and no one is going to give you a job then you need to showcase your talent there you, you need to say that okay i have these skill set or that how do you do that you you need to go go do some hackathons or you know some innovation um, uh, fairs that are being conducted just go take part in that and all make actually make use of not only your academic things that are being taught to you apart from academics just push yourself uh, uh, you know push yourself uh, you that, that that is the one, one suggestion that i would give you if you're going for masters you need to take up what are the facilities that are there that ends up giving you a job yeah, yeah. i'm just stressing this because you know i had uh, an opportunity to showcase my skills uh with with a with an mnc because we had a volunteer service that we have to give so i just worked with them uh in in an app development and we had some interactions with them so they they were able to know that okay she has some skill set and she knows some technology and stuff so so that is one way of you know easing yourself to get into industry as well i think this answers your second question as well ankit yeah ankit i would like to just say one more thing what nikita is saying right it is completely correct that uh, you have to uh, have some you know 
connections in the industry to give your get your first machine learning job because always they are asking for two three years experience it's not the case that you will you are fresher you will apply to software development and you get one so machine learning is not it's not like that the second thing is now you would have a question right that if if it is going to be only through reference or knowing somebody why should i learn only right the point here is once you get the interview now you have to stand apart from other candidates so for that you should have done a lot of things that i was telling you so first do all your cv should be impressive then you have to have some connections to get a job in machine learning or you know you can be lucky like i was lucky i put a post in linkedin that i am not getting a job in machine learning and one of the ctos of the startup took an interview for me so you know that that lucky you can be or you can have some contacts in the industry and get into the field but for that you should have the prior knowledge of machine learning it will not be very easy they'll ask you the same difficult questions yeah, yeah that is true that is true rohit i would i would definitely agree to it even after your post if someone is responding to it it is only yeah. because you being active in linkedin yeah. you you know you showcasing your talent or you showcasing your resume which has the projects that you need to have and even after me doing that volunteer volunteer thing i i literally had 2 to 3 hours of interview sessions which were there uh, which were you know i had three sessions of my interview and then that is that is when i landed up in an interview but you know to to at least surpass one entry level you need to have something that needs to be you know you need to outstand from the crowd that is what i would say Exactly. So, uh, like, like, what we can make out, out that, that if we talk about universities, universities the, main the main thing is, is you know, how much how value, value you can gain from there, right? right? Like, like studies are there, there, like those material you can even get in MOOC courses. But the point is how you can exploit the resources that are being offered. Yeah. And one more thing to it, I would just add to it, Ankit. So, if you are, if if anyone is, you know, interested in taking up masters, just just do a, you do a thorough research about the college. see to that if there are any uh, any core any uh, internships that are being offered to you by that particular college so in my college right they have internships that will be given to bachelor's degree students but we didn't have it so if we would have had it you know i think all my uh, all my classmates would have ended up you know at least with some or the other exposure i i would not say ended up with a job but some or the other exposure which would make their resume you know good so i would say if you have an internship opportunity that would be interacting with your uh, with the companies that would be an you know best feature uh, you know if you are doing a masters yeah like, yeah, like uh, uh, my next question was something similar on this only so like uh, we we got uh, like you are learning in universities and you got also you know lot of mooc courses as an option like you know if you talk about coursera if you talk about dacity even like coursera is offering masters online right so if you have an experience or if you know someone who has what is the difference between you know have going to the university with you know having all the experience or doing it online like you mentioned you can have a lot of facilities, facilities but let's, let's remove the facilities part and let's say you're just, just learning, learning you know the, the faculty are coming and you're having your classroom experience so is, is there a difference learning on a MOOC platform like Coursera or Udacity or in a university in front of a professor like what you feel yeah see uh, we being from you know a uh, country like India right we have you know we just go to the staff we have any doubts we go face them we ask them for questions and stuff so if if it is an online right at one point of time 
if you're not that much dedicated to it you might end up saying that okay i'm done with the course or you know you might not end up completing it because in udacity i know that there will be some timelines for you to finish your projects and stuff and you need to have a certificate for getting a certificate you need to do all those stuff so so if it is a if it is a college perspective right so you have some doubt you just straight away go to the lecturer or you you email the lecturer or you meet them and you know in hand but that is not happening in this corona just just ignoring the corona for now so you you would have an personal interaction with the staff so so and you know we had la- la- we had lab lab facilities and we had the lecturers you know uh, almost 2 to 3 hours in the lab time you know with us monitoring what we are doing and asking us if we have any questions so they 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 come in person to each one of the student and see see to that if we are doing some coding or not so that would be actually you know very much helpful because see everybody will not be you know open and say that yeah i have a doubt but but if if the professor is you know going around you and sees that you have not done anything he just comes stops there and asks you if you have any questions or something so that time you will be forced to ask them for questions because you have not done anything and if you say that you don't have question then you, they, mm-hmm. then the professor will ask you a question like why then why there is no code on your system exactly. so i i think i think that that kind of environment will be only you know if you do do it as such as in, in a college even if you are doing an offline course here right uh, going to an institute and stuff you will not have lab time and all given to you you will have some classes that will be given to you and then you will have assess- assignments that will be given and you need to work out yourself but if it is a college right you have group of friends there doing and if you have some doubts you talk to them as well and you have many sources from where you can learn things so i think that in that way you know uh, colleges will be uh, and you'll have memories as well with your friends right exactly. which is which is very good so yeah that is the thing i would say so like it's, it's the value that you gain you know from interacting yeah. with the faculty that's the very first thing that yeah ask for doubts and you know get deeper and second is again you know studying in a group you know meeting people face to face but that's an yeah. exception for the covid time i guess yeah yeah, yeah. So I would say you know like data oriented stuffs right when data oriented stuffs are going on so you need to know, you need to research more so if if you sit in one room and you just have your thought process you'll have only one, your thought process you will not know like the other person what will be the other person's aspect but if you're sitting in groups and doing the assignments that are being given or any work that has been given you will know that okay I can even think about the data this way I missed it, missed this out So you know different directions how to you know research with the data that is what i feel about it exactly so uh, let's move to our next question so the next question is you know uh, like you have done uh, your masters from abroad even rohit so you know why not india why abroad uh, any like your reasons for not doing it yeah. yeah yeah so first of all i think that uh, we have studied in india a lot right we have done our 12 years of normal education and four years of college so uh, what i thought initially was you should gain some exposure going outside of india and see how the industry works outside because i have seen a lot of difference and nikita can also tell that there is a lot of difference in the work culture there and here they are not going to you know make you sit after 5 pm in office and just drag you into work the next morning so it is not going to happen there the first the first thing is this that is a great 
difference from here to india i mean india to abroad and the second one is that the courses that they offer i am sure you know that the courses that american universities canadian universities even irish universities and european university offer are much more practical oriented than what we learn in india i am not cursing that what we learn in india is bad it's just that it is a little more practical oriented so practical meaning that they'll they'll give you they'll not have some exam and just you have to pass that and you'll get to pass the course no 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 you have to have some code or some practical assignment that is not going to be easy for indians first of all because we we have that habit of you know mugging up things and and uh, passing the course that is not going to happen first of all the second is it is a uh, you know you can uh you have to research a lot to pass even one assignment this means that you have gained for one assignment you have gained so much of knowledge that if somebody in your office you know in your workplace gives you something that you don't understand you have the confidence to face that otherwise if somebody is directly coming from india and i put him in an office in an abroad and i say do these things because they expect you to do a lot of things so do these things build this thing and just bring it to me so the person will be really you know scared what should we do but during the university you would have enough exposure to these things so that you can ace in the industry abroad this is the main reason i went abroad uh, nikita might be having some other reasons as well because she was having four years of experience in uh, india in cognizant before going so she obviously might have some other motivations too yeah i was actually seeing you know right uh, i had clients when uh, switzerland and north america which who were operating from there and we used to have the projects and stuff so they had a very good work life balance so that was one one of the one of the things that you know thought like okay i need to work abroad so i actually applied for jobs from india to abroad but it was not that you know easy cake walk for me to get jobs sitting here applying and then i thought okay fine because i had an uh, idea of doing my masters as well so i thought okay i'll do a masters so i just was researching of about many countries like america canada and stuff so and then i had to go on my education loan or so i just thought okay fine i cannot spend you know 70 lakhs or something because i have to expose something so so that is why you know i took an option as ireland and there you know apart from ed- education right you would you would learn each and everything like you need to cook for yourself you need to clean your own place you need to go out get the grocery you will not have all the you know uh, facilities that are there here in india we don't do anything here we just sit we eat that's it and do our work so so it's like you know you you learn to be independent as well if you go you know to some other place and not only that you will you i i just saw a drastic change in the uh, work culture because i've already worked with cognizant right so it it is like you have to you go at in the morning at 9 o'clock to office and you don't know when you'll be back home but here right i go at 9 o'clock and it is not that you will be given only this task or something like that it's not like that i've worked on you know uh, many things like uh, they which which were not you know known to me earlier so i've worked with them as well they just asked me if i'm okay to do it and it's it's up to me to take, say no or yes but you know to learn things i i'm i'm happy learning things so i just take up the new new things that comes and work on them so if you have to change from one company to other company right if if i am doing if i'm working in india i will just be doing the same similar job till the project ends but here right i would be doing four or five different jobs and i would have my profile in a very good manner because i'm not going to have 
a team that will be monitoring me always or stuff if i am given a job it is my responsibility to complete it no one is going to come and do spoon feeding for me there so that's that's the only difference that i could say you know uh, how different india was to ireland so, so it was your experience like you know you get yeah, better yeah, experience yeah. abroad and yeah every everybody's experience might differ i i i i would just say that it is only for me that it is like this so yeah like yeah, your experience, experience was better and your work, work culture that experience here in india was different over there right so that yeah, is yeah 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 we would not say it is better or worse because it, yeah, it depends is different. on people that yeah. i you know i don't i don't like to uh, i am a very lazy person to be frank so i don't like to uh, do a lot of different things abroad but you know it might differ for every other person so for for people who are going abroad it's all always a different experience for everybody and uh, you know you can't impose your experience on other people but definitely the work culture is is i think it is better there that can be said for sure so what is in that work culture that is you know you feel is better or yes. what I, what i think is what i think is that uh, they expect they they expect you be to you to be you know working not more number of hours but working efficiently not just monitoring you to sit in the office for 9 to 9 and you know do something that is just sit there and be in the office and don't do anything they don't expect that if you want to do something then then do something otherwise you know you go home or you do whatever you like specifically in startups there they don't have a rule to do this to that so that is that is first thing is that that the numbers are number of hours that you are going to spend on the work is uh, less the second is the money that you are getting obviously it, europe is a far uh, you know prosperous place to be in so because of the currency difference as well they are going to pay you heavy amounts of money for the same thing so that i think is but that is a different topic that i don't want to include here but obviously it is a known fact that the money will be more and the hours will be less and i am not saying that the work is less the hours are less but it is more efficient Okay, okay, so that's some of the cats that you had. So great, but yeah. uh, like I learned that that uh, what I've heard, like I'm also exploring for opportunities abroad. So what I came to know that in the same proportion, their taxes are also high. So yeah, yeah, that is also one thing. Yeah, that's 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 really true, uh, Ankit. Because see, what actually happens there is they are all social welfare countries. So so they they just ensure that everybody you know are on. equal scale and stuff so you have to pay 40 percentage of tax if you are you know on one scale of pay and stuff so so yeah it's it's that that's really true <laughs> but we are not going to curse this because it is it is obviously yeah. uh, country to country depends yeah exactly uh, yeah. but 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 it is you know obviously uh, if if they are paying you they are paying you they have the uh, you know right to take some out of that in tax but you know the other things the, the work culture according to the the pressure that is put on you is i think less than what it will be in india and that is it it is natural you know because in india if you say machine learning engineer there will be like hundreds and thousands of machine learning engineers if you don't want to work somebody else will work Definitely so it you, you can't say but in uh, european countries there are less number of people at the same time getting a job is also tough because you know you, you first of all you are an international person there and second that if the people are less they are going to select only the best because uh, the money they are going to pay is like 20 30 times more than they are going to pay in india so they want the best but if you qualify in their best then it is it is heaven for you if you don't then you can you know do something else <laughs> 
Yeah, but yeah, this but is this one of the facts that, that you know most of us don't look for. for. Uh, like you know, yeah. I've seen many uh, of my friends also applying abroad, and they are like, yeah, we get higher pays, etc. But guys, do look for the taxes as well, and do calculate the net, um, you know, net amount that you will be able to save. This is a key point. And the net amount, and also, if you are not going to be the best, you are not going to struggle. Then I think India is a much much better place for you to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be persistent, you know, because you will be, uh, you will be getting many blows. You will be getting <laughs> hell, lot of rejections. So, so just, just be prepared for all of this mentally. Yeah, that yeah. would be key. Okay, so yeah, it is just for the people who are going to go abroad, right? Not for the people who are going to study machine learning here. So, if you are going to study it here, then, then it is a different story. Definitely. So let's, let's move on to our, our next, next question. So, yeah, yeah it, goes it goes that, that yeah. yeah. So, so you that, that how one should decide among so much courses available in the form of online, online courses or YouTube videos? So yeah, yeah the question says, says that, that you know, like, like let's say um, I'm going for the university, university but before that, that, let's say you know, like I'm stuck due to COVID or something, and I'm trying to you know, you know, increase my knowledge or something. So. Like there are a lot of courses available, you know, like if you look for this, Udacity, Coursera, everything, there's like, you know, huge amount of courses available. So, like if you have, uh, like what do you uh, suggest that how one should plan out his courses or how one should go for courses or like that, like how should I know that what is good for me and etc. Like so much options. Yeah. So first, I would like to go. Then Nikita can answer this. So what I think is there are a lot of courses available and people are paying a lot of money for studying machine learning, artificial intelligence. Okay, they, the courses are very highly priced in every platform. It is not like C and Java that that is low priced and everybody gives those courses. So the problem I see is even if it it will not be the case that you pay high money and you'll get great return from no, no, that's not going to be the thing there. You have to see the course content and according to yourself, how, how proficient are you in this field, you should take the course. I have seen some courses that start from machine learning itself, they don't teach Python. So what they expect and they have written in the course, the prerequisite is you should know Python. So if, if you don't know Python, it's a waste of time going for a course which is going to start teaching from machine learning. If you are not, if you are proficient in Python and you know that you can, even if you forget something, you can search the internet and do that. So then it is very good for you. You can go for those courses. So this is a clear distinction between them. And you should always see the course content according to what, what you have in your mind and what you want to achieve with the course. If you only want theory, then it is very good. You can learn theory from a course and then go for abroad or you can do masters in India and then learn the practicality. And if you don't want to do that, you want to learn the coding part and you want to do the practical application, then you should go for a course that teaches that. So there are a variety of courses that teach everything. So what you have to do, first of all, you in the first time, you will do a course that you don't like. Then you will decide, realize that it was not good, I should go for some other course. Then you will see that what was missing in that course, then you will do some other course. So this is how you are going to decide. In the first shot, it is very difficult to understand which course you should take. So this is my take on this. I think Nikita can elaborate. Yeah, I'll add uh, to this, right? So, you know, uh, what I would suggest is like, when you have many colleges which are, uh, you know, giving machine learning courses and stuff, colleges, so those colleges will have their syllabus structured in a very, you know, structural manner. So what I would suggest is just because if, if as, as per Rohit, right, if the person knows about machine learning, then he can do all that. 
but if the person has zero knowledge about what it is and from where to start and stuff so you need to know like what is a structured way of learning things right so go into some colleges uh, website and see for the course content they have so i think you can you you will already have the ratings for each and every college and stuff right so you would have those uh, date uh, syllabus that will be given in the form of pdf by them so just try to see that at least you know the course you are taking in has 70 to 80% of what you see in that course so that would be you know that would make more sense to it because the colleges courses are many of the colleges have structured the courses in such a way that both theory and practical are being covered so i would say that this would be one of the way for them to you know uh, go ahead and look for courses yeah to like uh, what we can make out is that you uh, you know browse the syllabus of some of the good universities and go for the a la carte approach and try to pick each topic uh, most of them are available on youtube as well and like they are really good like if you look for yeah. mit yeah. and mit x and edx like these a lot of courses are available so maybe it's good to go topic wise right like we can go yeah that's perfect yeah So that's, that's something, something we can, can do because, because uh, my personal experience again is that I've completed more than 30 courses so far from my college okay. to like you know it's just three years. Uh, last year I graduated, so my experience has been like that. Uh, like I've done I've done courses from Udacity also, I've done courses from Coursera also, a lot of them from Udemy as well. So my experience in the end was this only that you know some places some things are good, at some places some things are not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's. I think we should have asked this question to Ankit, not he. asking us yeah that's right rohit yes yeah, so i think that was a yeah, good question yeah. he was testing us <laughs> so yeah like i i suggest to all who are listening that yeah that if you are looking for i know our courses and if you are like confused like uh, i personally gone through this uh, of getting confused like what what course should i do and again you know uh, you start with one course and then you find that oh they are teaching matrix and they're saying that you should know about it before so where to go so i'll suggest like yeah that what nikita said is quite accurate go to a good university find a good syllabus from there or maybe you even can try udacity look at their syllabus and you know then you can just go accordingly that will be you know a great help in that case so yeah let's move on to our last and the final question so here it goes that yeah what do you all suggest uh, like you know what are your do's and don'ts for getting a job when you are you know studying abroad like this is a question that many people have in mind that if i'm if i go abroad uh, what will be the return of investment will i be able to you know uh, get back what i'm investing so like if people are you know a little reluctant as well as confused that once i'm done with university you know what should like how should i be able to get the job and Yeah, that's a burning question right now. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to answer this question. Uh, so, what I would suggest is right. Like, uh, if you are a fresher, so I would say if you could get one year or two years of experience and then go to abroad, that would be a good option. Or if you think that oh no, I want to do the masters right away, it's fine. You can go there. As I already in told, right? You need to use the facilities in the college to, you know, uh, start up your networking and show up your skills and set. That would be one way of doing it. The other way would be like you need to, you know, take up many projects apart from the academics because I have seen few colleges, right? They have given the same assignment to all the students, right? So if if you are a fresh year and you are 
there's another experienced guys resume as well both of them will be having the same project that is being in the resume but he would be having his uh, work experience as well in that resume so at that point of time right you are you are only showcasing what your college has given so you have not done anything extra apart from that so 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 how will you tell you know the recruiter that i am interested to be in this area no you have done only what has been given to you you have not taken your own initiative and done extra projects i would say even one project out of your academics do it very well and you can just market yourself so this will be the do's that i would say and while coming to do's right you need to know the uh, resume format for the country that you are applying for see i have almost seen 300 plus resumes and i have helped people you know form their resumes so what what the problem i was actually what is the problem that i was actually seeing was that the resume had different types of tables different types of photographs all those stuffs okay so what actually for, at the first place happens is your resume goes into an ats tool which is an automation tool there it searches for some keywords so that tool is not made in such a way that it could see you know read images or it could read the content in the tables and stuff so if if you are actually you know 100% master that uh, job as well but you have put tables into it so now the tool you know just rejects it and it is not even seen by the hr there so this is the one one often mistake done by many of them and the second thing is right when you are applying for the job right you would have seen like uh, the job role saying data analytics so to do a machine learning right a project right you complete project of machine learning you need to first do data analytics and then only you will be doing a machine learning so when the project role you know the role job description says that you need to have data analytics and machine learning for example and you have only mentioned machine learning in your resume but you have actually done the data analytics part as well so you need to go read the job description completely and see to that if you have done everything just add them in your resume see to that you don't have synonyms used in your resume because the ats tool doesn't understand the synonyms so this is one way of doing it and when coming to projects right i see many of them putting their projects and putting the points like uh taken the responsibility uh done this done that used this method and stuff actually the recruiter sitting there right want to know what was the outcome out of it what did you achieve out of it not what approach you have used to it you your approach is important yeah it is important but you can describe it while you are introducing about it so what i would say is right when you take up a project you need to describe about the problem statement very clearly first point next thing the approach used to it and the last thing should be your results or outcome that is being achieved out of it so these are the three important things that you need to keep in mind so now i think the freshers might ask me that okay how would i say what kind of results that i could put there because i have not done it in a in a uh, corporate environment so what i would suggest that you could you could say that if this is being implemented in industry this will be the outcome that is expected so you are just trying to say that okay i have not done it but i know what kind of outcome the project will give so these are the do's and don'ts right because you are going to apply for a project or for the for the job description you're not supposed to put up all the keywords that are there which you actually don't know 
So if if you if you have seen Java, you know Java, and you have seen JavaScript as well in the requirement, and you just put JavaScript as well, and the HR or the recruiter, the the technical HR who is sitting there, is very well versed in JavaScript. So so then what are you going to do at that point of time? You you become clueless. You can't answer the questions, right? But your resume has that, and you need to answer them. So just don't lie on your resume. That will be the don't that is. to be remembered by everybody don't 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 lie on your resume yeah so i guess uh, like once you are planning to go for an university and your course you should also plan about what kind of job you want to do and keep these things in your mind uh, yeah that you, you get your resume right and also you do the projects in your college accordingly and like like you know you have must have experience in at a masters time also are you allowed to choose your projects on your own or like you know yeah 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 we had you know we had our uh, final year project that that has to be chosen by ourselves and we had the machine learning second second assignment that has to the data has to be chosen by ourselves and for deep learning as well we had that option and so we have the option of choosing the projects uh, basically we had it in our college i'm not sure about all the colleges there but yeah we had yeah yeah so, yeah, so i guess, I guess that's, that's the main thing guys if you're planning to go uh, to a for any higher education you should keep few things in mind first is again that what course you're doing then again what you expect out of it if it's a job then definitely follow what uh, what would you advise yeah Yep, yep. Yeah, I would just add one more point here, Ankit. So, if 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 some person with four years experience is going abroad, right, and he has done a machine learning, but he is a software in- developer earlier when before he was going there, I would say he should be open to both software development and machine learning as well. Not confining himself, you know, from not going to uh, software development because, see, the op- the opportunities there. are are you know minimal sometimes so so i think you need to not restrict yourself stating that i will do only this kind of job or this thing so so just don't confront yourself from confront yourself from not doing that because you after you go inside right it's not like here you can go inside you can work on even machine learning projects once you go into the company so if you have the conditions before you enter the company right it becomes even more challenging for you to get a job you get it yeah you get it at the end but the the way that you are searching your path will be a bit difficult hmm definitely so yeah i guess uh, main thing is again yeah i like to just uh, add here that you know going abroad and only studying won't make a difference the only thing is uh, whichever country you are choosing right the uh, the course that you are doing should be accepted as Uh, an employable course there because i have seen people doing some courses that uh, that in general can't give you an employment right mm-hmm. so uh, this is a stem course because because it you know it's a science technology and all of this is included so specifically in europe and germany in america and canada and all the countries you know that these these courses uh, are respected a lot because it is technology oriented even after that it is very difficult to get a job outside of india because you know the first preference would be the local population the second would be international eu or their european population the third would be you know international population but to stand out from them you should have the cv ready that should be according to 
द कंट्री दैट यू आर अपलाइंग बिकॉज कैनेडियन सी वी ऑस्ट्रेलियन सी वी एंड आयरिश सी वी आर कम्प्लीटली डिफरेंट इंडियन सी वी इज ऑल्सो डिफरेंट सो यू हैव टू सॉर्ट दीज थिंग्स आउट फर्स्ट फर्स्ट दिस इज डन देन इफ यू गेट एन इंटरव्यू देन ओनली यू कैन एस दैट राइट टू गेट एन इंटरव्यू इज द टफेस्ट पार्ट अब्रॉड टू गेट एन इंटरव्यू नॉट टू परफॉर्म इन द इंटरव्यू सो फर्स्ट पार्ट इज यू हैव टू गेट एन इंटरव्यू सो गेटिंग दैट यू हैव टू गेट your cv sorted then you should have the knowledge that i was talking about in masters or doing various courses once you have the knowledge you have the cv the third would be getting an interview and then trying for a job so all of these things should be kept in mind while going abroad specifically to uh, europe mm-hmm. i am not talking about america or canada here yeah definitely so yeah, yeah definitely that what we can conclude from this that if you are planning uh, to go for any university or any country keep these things in hand that you should research in advance that uh, what what kind of you know jobs you will have available for the course you are doing and what kind of you know things you need in your resume like as nikita suggested that there are few things they look for that is the outcome and you know what kind of projects you have done plus the automatic software don't forget that because again in my experience as well i have also applied many universities but due to covid i wasn't able to move So, so this is this something, something that i got, got uh, you know advice from many people who are abroad like in my case i researched for australia so they all suggested this that you know you should ensure that their resume should be in order and that's the main thing to first of all getting just a interview call your resume should be ready and again uh, before going for, uh, for the university do prepare that if i'm doing this job then these are kind of projects or stuff i need and you know just pre plan that as you learn in university start working towards them and that bit way better to succeed than you know deciding what to do when you actually land there so definitely planning will help you out so i guess you know uh, i'm asked most of the main questions and i guess we have venkatesh here and he was saying that he asked few questions so if he can unmute himself and let you know drop his questions here so others can also benefit from it yeah hey hey ankit yeah, uh, sure uh thanks a lot uh, i really enjoyed this conversation a free flowing one so thanks rohit and nikita yeah. uh, just nice wanted to understand that in which industry verticals do you use and because i'm currently working as a product manager at internshala so we are a uh, hr tech company so just wanted to understand the industry vertical you guys are in and the major use cases you see uh, that are evolving in the industries and also the use cases that you're solving currently yeah, yeah sure so uh, i would like to answer this first thanks venkatesh for joining us and asking you know questions that might help other people as well so uh, what uh, i am working on in a startup for ireland is uh, you know recommendation systems how recommendations can be uh, more efficient and more uh, you know revenue generating for example you might have seen in amazon sometimes it happens that you buy a phone and you get recommended another phone which you won't buy so that shouldn't happen even for small businesses it shouldn't happen so that is the that is the industry vertical that that is uh, very much needed in the industry right now because every time you get some recommendation in for example netflix also it generates revenue otherwise if you won't get anything recommended you will leave netflix after watching the first movie so this is how it is being in, used in the industry and the other use case that it is that is upcoming now is we have talked this earlier also that it is a healthcare industry where it is being used for detection of diseases that like cancer you know and uh, 
pneumonia and these diseases so this is the upcoming vertical and the present retail industry is doing this for uh, you know uh, finding more customers according to what they need and uh, increasing their revenue by this so this is the present thing that i am working on and i have seen that this is a very very big industry and nikita would you like to Yeah, yeah, Venkatesh. I would like to give an example in HR analytics as uh, as such because uh, you are into that domain. So I think it will be useful for you, uh, and it will be relevant to you. So uh, actually, right uh, as a HR, uh, you will be having the data of you know, for example, if you have a BPO uh, based uh, you know employees as well, and you see them you know most frequently leaving the jobs and stuff. so you 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 could use machine learning there and find out what is the reason or what is the cause that they are leaving the company so you will have some pattern that would be coming out of the data that you have so if you find that pattern and if you try to you know rectify the flaw there so that that would help you know people not going out of the company and you when you start again you know going and recruiting people it is again going to cost you so you can just make it cost effective so so that is how you know hr analytics in hr analytics machine learning can be used venkatesh uh, yeah that 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 answers the venkatesh question so um yeah i'm out of the main questions but you know as the discussion is going on out of curiosity i myself have many questions for them so yeah first question um this is like you know like i'm also looking for a masters and due to covid i'm stuck here but so the question again is that you know if if i have to choose courses at university right because i'm browsing through university let's say that i'm interested in code machine learning courses not data science or business analytics kind of stuff so in that scenario like you know if i if i'm looking for courses at universities and you know and again ranking is a important factor like people consider that you know if i should choose a higher rank university or the course is important because it happens at least in my experience i observed that many of the high rank universities will not have you know the latest courses as such like they will be in the process of getting them in but they won't have in such scenarios like i'm looking for a particular course i'm wanted to do it but on the same hand i'm looking for you know a reputable uh, university or college to do it as well so in that scenario what do you all suggest like should i go for the course or should i look for the university with a better reputation and like you know in the long run like you are kind of working will it the university reputation really helps me out in getting a job or Uh, you know yeah. like the, the skills or the course so what matter yeah. yes we got your question ankit so i would like to have a point of view on this so first of all it depends on country to country so it will be different in whatever country you are applying to it will be different in other countries so what i have seen is some countries do not have this concept of ranking of universities they might have ranking based on some courses i mean the ranking would be based on the specific course for example my college in ireland was cork institute of technology so they have a clear distinction on which is a university and which is a technology uh, uh, you know college so technology college focuses more on coding and practical practically implementing things so for this course specifically that college was number 1 okay in ireland but for uh, you know other courses it was like 6 or 7 there are only 14 to 15 colleges in ireland so 6 or 6 Six or seven, right? But uh, I even have friends in you know Trinity College Dublin that that is ranked in QS universities that is ranked one, 
in Ireland, the problem is that you do not care about rankings while giving you a job. The resume will be picked up. If it is an Irish university, they'll see, yes, it is an Irish university, then they'll see what's your overall profile. So this might change from country to country, but according to what we have experienced, ranking doesn't matter in the specific country that we studied in. But it might be that if you are from some universities are top notch, you know, like MIT, Stanford, obviously, if you do something from there, it will be a very good thing, even if you want to come back to India. But you have to see this with respect to what they are teaching in your course and the ranking of the university matters in your country or not. Because even if you go to number one university and you spend, uh, you know, lakhs and lakhs of rupees and you see that the course content is not worth it, then it is fine. Okay, you can learn from other sources. Then what is the use even of that degree which couldn't teach you what you had to be taught? So this is my perspective, but it is it is a highly debatable topic because uh, ranking might matter in some cases. Like I have heard in uh, USA and all, uh, ranking matters a lot. So it depends. I think in Europe it doesn't matter, but uh, in I, in America or Canada, might be Australia, it might matter. So you have to search on the internet if this is the case or not, and you have to not search on the internet only. You have to search. Uh, uh, and get hold of professionals who are working in the industry and ask them what they need in a candidate. Awesome. Yeah, I would like to add a point here, Rankit. So, you know, uh, like how Rohit listed, right? TCD is top one in Ireland and I got an admission there. But I was not, you know, uh, the course content was good, but it was theory based and there was 20% of practical. So that is when I thought, no, I just want practical exposure and I, I choose CIT even after me getting, you know, the admission there in TCD. So it's it's just that what you gain out of it rather than, you know, the college ranking when it comes to the comes to Europe is what I feel. Exactly. So, so it's the, the course that, that should be, you know, the, the first, first priority, priority, I guess, because, because it's important what you learn. So, so I guess, I guess guys, guys, that's, that's all with the questions, questions that I had planned, planned for them. And, and I hope this really helped you guys, uh, you know, in uh, getting, getting some of your doubts clear for, um, you know, related to what's the scope of AI in industries. And, you know, if you're planning for the masters, then whatever things you should keep in mind before going for it. So hope that helps. And again, I'm getting, you know, some, some comments that say that why the name is Archetypal Techno. So yeah, guys, I know. Oh, archetypal, archetypal is a really heavy word, word. And, and the main the reason for putting, putting it there was that you know, know uh, like I was, I was out, out of any options, options on YouTube, YouTube because most of the names were either taken or not available, were not available. So, so I guess you know why don't you choose something that's really, uh, really an English word that most people won't know. So yeah, archetypal techno from there it came. And if you want to know the main meaning of archetypal, it's again you know you know it means a discrete or something looking at a something domain. Rather, domain is something close to what it means. But you know again even for me, I have to you know look the dictionary many times to just get a feel of what it means. But yeah, that's the main reason for choosing this name for the channel. And I hope this guys, this is the very first episode for this talk series and it helped you a lot. So stay tuned for the other uh, talk series as well. So this podcast is going to be a weekly podcast. So I'll be, you know, uh, coming up with new topics and discussions next week. So till then, guys, uh, have a nice day and stay indoors and stay safe. Yeah. Thanks, you can, Ankit, Ankit, you can say the standard line, right? Please like, comment and share. Yeah, definitely, guys. Please like, comment and share. Yeah.
ओके थैंक यू सो मच फॉर हैविंग अस अंकित मी 